It's four o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Woohoo! This week, starring 12 things musicians can do while you're cooped up at home for the next several weeks. Yeah, baby. And thank you, fake audience. Thank you, fake band. Hello, everybody. Uh, we'll make sure because I set this stuff up all by my lonesome today that you guys can hear me. Ariana says I'm good to go. Thanks, Ari. Um, <laughs> oh man, this is no laughing matter. Actually, uh, scary, scary times out there in the world. Um, you know. It's, I went to the grocery store the other day, and you could just see the fear in people's eyes. And I hate to see anybody uh, feel fearful about anything. And uh, this is just something we're all in together. It's all over the world, and uh, the doctors and the scientists and governments are doing everything they can to make sure that we're all okay. Uh, 97.7. I'm good. I'm usually about a degree low, so I am so good. Also, uh, you know what they say, wash your hands, sing happy birthday twice. Um, make sure you've got lots of hand sanitizer. Uh, what can I say? Uh, Deb and I, our best friends, uh, own a dental office. So we got, uh, I mean, look at this thing. It's like a half gallon of sanitizer. <laughs> Very grateful for that. Uh, anyway, uh, Tony Van Veen, the disc maker, the CEO of Disc Makers, was supposed to join me today. Uh, and about two hours ago, he said, do you mind if I don't? And I said, why? And he said, because Disc Makers has shifted or added uh, a manufacturing process to make plastic face masks. You know, the ones with the little headband thing that cover your face uh, that you would wear like in an ER or something like that. So they discovered over the weekend that they had the capability to make those and they are making them um, going into full-on production mode. So today was kind of their setup day for that. And uh, so I said, hey, you know, that's for the greater good. Sure, don't join me. I won't be offended. I think what you're doing is awesome. So thumbs up, Tony. Very proud of you for coming up with that. And uh, good luck to you and your fine staff at Disc Makers. Uh, Hope that you guys make a million of them and get them out to everybody that needs them all over the world. Um, Mojo says he's getting dropouts. Uh, hopefully not. I mean, I've got... Well, says he's getting a few audio glitches. Don't know why. Hopefully... Uh, yeah, Glenn Lett says the ceiling lamp behind you gives you a halo. <laughs> I've heard that comment before. Um, anyway... Uh, 12 things musicians can do while cooped up at home for the next several weeks. You know, I don't know about you guys. Uh, normally on a weekend, I am prone to lounging around the house a lot with my laptop doing odds and ends of taxi work with the TV on in the background, sound muted so I can concentrate. Mm -hmm. um, and right now I am feeling, uh, let's see, I'm feeling a little bit um, trapped. 
You know, when somebody tells you you have to stay in, which we should, we should all stay in. I mean, unless you need food or medicine, don't go out of the house. I hear it's okay to, you know, go out by a park, keep your social distance. I hear it's okay to go jogging. Lord knows there are a million people out here uh, in my neighborhood that have been jogging and going for walks. I may actually start going for walks in the morning. Hey, what can I say? I've lost two pounds in the last three days. Why? I don't know, because I've been eating a lot of this. Holy cocoa, 60% cocoa with dark chocolate with peppermint. Doesn't get much better than that, does it? Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to go over some stuff that you can do while you do feel trapped at home. Because one of the things we hear from people all the time is, oh my gosh, you know, I just don't have the time in my life to do all the things I need to do for my music career. Um, I don't have the, the time to record tracks. I don't have time to write songs. I don't have time to learn how to use my digital audio workstation. Uh, so we're going to go over some ideas today for that. I don't know that I've got enough to fill 90 minutes, but we'll see. Um, uh, oh, I want to say hello to the folks in the chat room. Uh, hello, Am Cool. Um, let's see, Robbie Hancock, Funky Freddy One, Wendelin Landers, Martin Gravel, Vicky Flawith. Um, uh, some people said they're getting some buffering behavior, but only for a second or so each time. Uh, Darren Fletcher, Carl Wurzbach, uh, Charles Wilson, Covington, Nancy McGinnis. Hello, Nancy. Lamar Franklin, Connor Pearson, Song from a Headband, the, Just, the Justine Jones, Michelle Perrone, Peter Rahill, Alan Hall, Reuben Walton, John Pearson, Barry Dempsey, it's nice, few new names, uh, Lily Hillis, Andre Holmes, a lot of new names, Dan Weber, so hello everybody, um, good to see you, hope you guys are doing. What's the general vibe where you are? Um, are you guys feeling like you're a little stir-crazy, maybe a little bored sitting around the house? I'm waiting for the chat to respond, and while you're doing that, and I have myself a little tea. Did you read the thing that said gargle with salt water? That kills the coronavirus. Um, drink a lot of hot liquids because it doesn't like heat. Don Panzik says he's stuck in a hotel room. Ooh. Um, well, uh that's cool. People says no, they're absolutely staying busy. Joe Bone says salt water won't help. You know what will help, actually? Um, I have a suspicion this will help, and I've had a couple doctors online mention it. You know, if it's on the internet, got to be true. I am a Zycam fanatic. Um, this is the oral mist spray. The sour cherry flavor is much better than the mint, by the way. Very hard to find in stores right now. They make uh, rapid melt lozenges. They make spray for your nose they make little q-tips but it's uh, i i've been taking zycam every time i feel a cold coming on which is a virus every time for like the last 12 years and it's so rare if ever that i actually get a fully developed cold the minute you feel it like up here starting to hit you just start using zycam uh do it three times a day and by the end of the second day you'll go man that cold didn't even fully develop or if it did it kind of went away you know, it's half strength and went away twice as fast. Zycam works, 
And they say that in conjunction with some other stuff that it's good on the coronavirus. Who knows if that's urban legend or an internet myth? We don't know, but what the hell? For 10 bucks, why not? Um, yeah, the thermometer. If you don't have one of these, own a BC Canada. Um, Mojo Bone says he hates to be Debbie Downer. <laughs> There's so many things I want to say, but I won't because we're on live television. I'll just behave myself. Um, anyway, uh, okay, so let's start going down the list of 12 things musicians can do while you're cooped up at home for the next several weeks. And it sounds like it's going to be several weeks. Uh, at the end of today's show, I'm going to have Ariana give you guys a link to something I saw on the internet on YouTube last night. Uh, a doctor doing kind of a whiteboard thing about, you know, I kept hearing about flattening the curve. We hear that all the time in the news. It's like, okay, so yeah, we don't want to spike. But this doctor does a really good job in very simple terms of explaining what flattening the curve means and why it's important. And you'll be sufficiently scared to, you know, be idiotic and do like those kids did uh, Clearwater Beach going out for spring break and like sharing bon not you know if you're washing your hands a zillion times a day and uh and using hand sanitizer and doing all the right stuff and more than anything staying indoors as much as possible and if you go outside stay away from other human beings you have the whole rest of your life to have contact with human beings um I'm, um, I'm not actually plugged into uh, Ethernet, unfortunately, because the, that is upstairs in my house, um, quite a distance away from me. Maybe for next show, maybe I'll have to broadcast from upstairs. I did bring home my adapter and my cable, but uh, not a lot of good background up there. You know, it's just basically a wall, but you know, what the hell? Um, oh, I'm so sorry about the buffering. I've got plenty of bandwidth. It's like I've got full bars. Anyway, uh, so let's find some productive things that you can do during a time when you're likely to have a lot more time to get music-related things, get to music-related things that you've been putting off for years. Um, okay, my whole staff knows that my desktop looks like a snowstorm. Uh, if I file things, I tend to never see them again. So I tend to leave whatever I've been working on like in the last 30 days or so as files or documents all over my desktop. I would show you, but then I'd have to kill you, sadly. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, personal stuff on there and, you know, businessy type stuff. But let's just say that it looks like a bunch of snowflakes just fell on, on a background and they haven't melted yet. So clean up your files. As a matter of fact, um, I was having some problems with uh, my CPU getting hit a little too hard during episodes of Taxi TV about a month or so ago, and Ariana said to me, boss, you got to clean up your desktop. It actually does somehow eat uh, processing, uh, you know, CPU, whatever, bandwidth. So uh, I cleaned up, and it helped. And you know what? It's always a good idea get rid of look for duplicate files get rid of old photo photos old videos that sort of thing um, how many of you guys are guilty of having way too much junk that you probably don't need to have on your computer
of this hot beverage. All right, not getting any responses on that one. There's always a little lag, but it seems a little laggier than normal today. Um, by the way, uh, stomach growling. Uh, Dan Weber says he formats on a regular basis. So, uh, wow, not too much of a problem here. Dan, I salute you. Uh, is that a cup of Maker's Mark? No, actually, it's a cup of uh, Moroccan mint tea. Uh, not as exciting as Maker's Mark might be. You know, I should do a show drunk someday. Um, yeah, we've got uh, Barry Dempsey says we're doing a spring computer cleaning this year. Yeah, you know what? We can all do it. Um, it it's absolutely something that we should all do. So that's number one. Number two, uh, I'm, I'm dying to hear how many. Whoa, there's a whole bunch of stuff coming through. Um, Clean up your studio. Uh, when I look under my desk in my office, I don't even have a studio at my taxi office, but the number of cables between AC cables, power strips, um, ethernet cables, microphone cables, lighting cables, um, audio cables for the show, just all that stuff just gets balled up. And, and I am a bit of a neat freak. Uh, reasonably so. I'm not like fanatical about it, but I like things to be tidy. Um, I learned a lot about that. You know, it's good studio discipline to keep cables tidy, but you know what? All of us have stuff that we should clean up in our workspace and it gets into your head. You go to, I wanted everything within reach, but you know what? Under normal circumstances, um, you really should just have your workspace feel like it's ready to do something instead of, yeah, it's just a mess. There's something psychological about it. So clean up your studio. You know what? Uh, even look at your external drives, stack them up, clean them off, first of all, when you can. Stack them up, get them out of the way so that just the stuff you need to create music is nearby. Recently, uh, in our office building, where the Taxi World headquarters is, old monitors, old whatever, um, and, and put it in the lobby, and then they had a truck coming by to take all that stuff away. Probably they're going to melt down you know, the PC boards and get the, the silver off of them or whatever they could do. Who knows? But it shouldn't end up in a landfill. And when I walked into the office that day, into the lobby, there was a table sitting there and it had all kinds of old music gear on it. Um, I was surprised, frankly, that people were throwing it away and not putting it online to sell it, but they were. And there was actually some good stuff in there. There was a Roland device that I've never even seen before. I can't remember what it was called. I can't describe it to you, but it's like, wow, that thing should be a museum piece. And there's probably some value for some Awa pedal sitting there. Um, you know, even if it's broken, I mean, might be, well, this week it'd be a really good project to open that thing up and try and fix it. My guess is probably a dead battery. Um, be a Tamara. Um, let's see, junks that make, yeah, I got that one. Um, sell old unused gear online marketplaces. Can you guys recommend some, on? is Reverb, uh, Reverb's not just new stuff, right? That's used stuff. Are there other online marketplaces where you guys um, could sell your old stuff? That, you know, if you haven't touched something in like two years, 
why not get rid of it? Unless you just like to have a lot of crap laying around or have people come over and go, wow, look at all that gear. When they look at your studio, then they get in the car to go home and the husband turns to his wife and says, man, do you believe all that old crap laying around? Um, Reverb would be worth anything. Maybe. eBay, obviously. Um, Robbie Hancock says Marketplace. Is that a place? Craigslist. Etsy, that's a good one. Um... Robbie Hancock says, Kijiji? <laughs> Tamara Miller says, Offer Up is good. Facebook Marketplace has been good to, to Mojo. Um, Rick Paul says, When he was selling old gear about 10 years ago, he just used Craigslist. Craigslist didn't work fine for that. Um, yeah, Facebook Marketplace. Uh, you know, we've actually talked about opening up a uh, on the taxi forum at forums with an s forums.taxi.com having a, a used gear marketplace um, not that we would make any money from it but just adding that as a part of the forum so taxi members could jettison old gear that other taxi members would like uh, is that a good idea oh ken mesford says guitar center used do you know i'll tell you a little secret guitar center world head mojo bone says he meets people somewhere in public to make cash exchanges. Um, sounds like a drug deal. Uh, Ken Mesford says you can search their national used database and find great deals. Um, Sound on Sounds Forum, that's a good one. Marion Laird likes the idea of adding it to a taxi forum. Um, Russell Nolan likes the idea of the gear swap on the forum. So, yeah, you know what? Um, maybe we'll roll that out. Why not? You know, couldn't hurt. Uh, if it's a flop, we'll just take it down. Um, yeah, Mojo Bone says, no kidding. You can get robbed on Craigslist. Yeah, You know, we recently had a car that we wanted to sell. We leased it for three years, and then when the lease was up, we bought it and drove it for another three years, I think. And when it was time to sell it, my wife and I went, you know, do we really want people coming to the house, getting in the car, um, going for a test drive? You know, we probably got about 1500 to $2,000 less but traded in. Um, Funky Freddy says there are a lot of flakes on Craigslist. Uh, he says he had a lot of no-shows when he lived in NYC. Go NYC. I used to live in NYC. I loved it. Hopefully someday we'll go back and spend an entire summer there. There's something about the pulse of that city that you just can't beat. Uh, Marion Laird says, people around here meet in the Walmart parking lot to sell things via Facebook. Yeah, well, guess what? Not this month, Marion. Um, okay, let's move on. Uh, here's a good one for you. Pick a genre that you've never tackled before and listen to a ton of it to learn how it's written, arranged, produced, mixed, etc. And make notes. When you think about it, oh gosh, I touched my face. Hold on. Hand sanitizer. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, we hear that from people a lot that, oh, I want to submit to that genre or a particular listing, but I don't know enough about that genre. Well, if you're cooped up at home, now's a great time to learn about that genre. First thing you should probably do is go to Spotify. 
um, or any sort of chart and look for it. Let's assume that you're looking at pop. A lot of people, I think, are intimidated by producing current pop because it's a very production-driven uh, genre. They don't know quite what to do. Maybe they're strummy singer-songwriters playing acoustic guitars or little piano. And, you know, all that beat-driven pop stuff just seems like I can't do it. Analyze it. Um, sit down and just, you've got all the time in the world right now. Spend the better part of a day just listening to the beat. What makes that beat work? You know, um, the sounds within the beat. Is it kick drum heavy? Is it snare drum heavy? Um, does it have, you know, a beefy snare drum? Does it have a thin little uh, trappy sounding snare drum? What about the beat works? Um, what's the hi-hat doing? Are there any cymbal crashes? Not that much, have you noticed? Cymbals are not that happening in current pop music. Um, so sit down and spend a whole day analyzing the beat and make notes because if you're anything like me, what goes in one ear kind of goes out the other. Make notes so that you can go back to them. Take a little notebook, uh, spiral bound, you know, and just do pages of notes on just beats. Take the top 20 hits, spend days analyzing those beats and figure out what makes them work because if you can do that, you'll be a hot commodity. Then sit down and analyze the bass part. Um, how busy is it? How not busy is it? How does it lock to the kick drum? What does it sound like? Does it sound like an actual bass guitar? Is it a synth bass? Is it layered with you know bass guitar um, and synth bass? Is it growly? Is it smooth? Is it rubber bandy sounding? What makes the bass work? I can't what makes current pop work. And then sit down and just do it. Do it knowing that you're gonna fail. But you know what? Uh, I know this is cliche and it's overused, but every fail is one every failure is one step closer to success you're not going to learn how to do it you're not going to get better at it by just lamenting that you can't do it you've got the time now a lot of time um Hi, Michael. I just found your ad yesterday while searching for Christian music. Do you do Christian artists? Um, honestly, we get very few requests for Christian artists. We do occasionally get requests for songs for Christian artists. Um, more than anything in the last couple of years, we've seen requests for faith-based music or family-friendly or values-based songs that could be used in Christian TV shows or Christian movies or faith-based um, stuff, but not a lot. Honestly, If I, I wouldn't recommend that you join Taxi just for the Christian stuff, applied to regular music, you know, non-Christian stuff. You can do both. Mm -hmm. Don't ever limit yourself to just one thing. I want to make sure that's not Ariana telling me. No, it's not. Somebody else is texting me. I know what it is. It's the ring security camera in the backyard telling me there's a squirrel on our patio again. I don't like squirrels, just in case you were wondering. Um, cute as they are, they're a pain in the butt. Anyway, so yeah, don't think of, I just do Christian music. If you do tracks for Christian music, what genres are you doing it in? Are you doing it in pop? Are you doing it in country? Are you doing it in rock? Because any of those genres are applicable, especially for doing instrumental cues for film and TV. And you go, hmm, instrumental cues. What pray tell could they be? 
Well, they're typically not just rhythm tracks that would use in a, that you'd use in a normal song, and then you know uh, take the vocal out, and there you go. You got an instrumental. Instrumental cues are different. They're constructed differently, and frankly, I believe that they once you figure out the formula, which ain't that hard. Um, you can make them, the best education you can get is go watch, I hate to say it, an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians or just about any reality show and listen to the music. You'll notice that most of the time the cues are used for five seconds or 22 seconds or 31 seconds or nine seconds. Rarely does a piece of music play in its entirety. And you'll, if you just, there you go. There's something you can do when you've got tons of time on your hands like you do right now. Sit down and force yourself to watch a bunch of reality television and make notes about them. Slapstick, is it dramedy, which is obviously a cross between drama and comedy. Uh, as our regular members and viewers of Taxi TV know, dramedy is that kind of uh, desperate housewives, do, 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 do. Somebody sneaking around, looking in windows, which I, I think that squirrel on my patio is trying to do right now. Um, so there you go. That's a great one that I didn't even have on my list. And it's probably my best recommendation ever. Force yourself, and I mean force yourself, to watch hours of reality TV and make notes about the types of music, the genres they're using, what type of scene it's being used in. Does it have a button? Sorry that, um, that we're having a laggy video day today. Going to have to move the show to another room next week. Um, anyway, yeah. One of the hit list is join Taxi's online forum and submit some music in the peer-to-peer -peer section to get friendlier, more helpful, and more productive feedback than you've probably ever gotten anywhere else before. The regulars in our forum, um, oh man, it's getting worse and worse. It's distracting to keep seeing that fly by in the, in the chat room, you guys, but hey, I guess you gotta talk about it. Um, I'm so sorry. Uh, anyway, uh, our online forum in the peer-to-peer -peer section. Um, the people that hang out on our forum are really like a family, a community, kind of like the people in the chat room on this show. And it's not like other forums where you go on there and people say, dude, that song sucks. What the hell were you thinking? It's people actually give you constructive feedback that you can use. They'll be honest with you. Um, you know, and, and ask a specific question. When you put something up there, say, you know, is, is this vocal good enough to, to go with the mix sound? Um, does the genre, you know, does my track sound authentic to the genre? All those things that you want to know. Why not ask people who have been exactly where you're at and are very willing to give you feedback and help you? Why do they want to help you? Because that's just the nature of our community. They're a helpful lot. They really are. Um, you see it in, in the chat room here. You see it in the, the forum. You see it at the taxi road rally. The taxi community, I believe, is unparalleled anywhere in the world. The best music community of people that are truly like helping each other out. Um, couldn't be happier about that, got to say. Um, next one. Look, here's a good one. Look at every piece of unfinished music on your drives, all of your drives, even go back to the old stuff, especially if you have old stuff that you maybe bounce from a, you know, old tapes onto a drive just to preserve it. Sorry, my lips are getting a little bit dry. 
Um, go look at your old stuff. We actually work with several companies that use old music, even old demos. They especially love demos of stuff that was almost good enough to get you signed back in the days, but didn't. Um, they need stuff for TV shows that take place in those certain eras, periods, time periods. So like right now, I think we've got a listing that's going out tomorrow looking for, I want to say 80s female rock, if I'm not mistaken, late 80s female rock. And they keep that music on hand for when they get requests from shows. And you know what? Look at the shows that are on Netflix and look at the shows that are on your cable system. And when you see that there are certain types of shows um, that will crop up and others will follow for certain time periods, taxi when we run those listings because people do want it. Does it have to be sonically perfect? No, it has to be sonically pretty okay. That's about it. They have ways to clean the stuff up and make it sound good, but they don't want to make it sound so good. They don't want to make it sound like broadcast quality by today's standard. They want it to sound like it sounded back in the 80s. So go through all your drives. It's a pain in the butt. But pull out the stuff that's old that may be applicable for um, submitting for film and TV. Maybe there's old stuff that you don't want to save anymore. You know what? Maybe you should clean off the drive and just burn it onto CDs. Remember those, those round things that are about this big? At least you'll have them digitally preserved, but they won't be eating up space on drives. Don't we all have a drawer full of drives? Remember zip drives? <laughs> At Taxi, we've got probably 30 different zip drives laying around. We've got a server room at the office um, and there's some drawers that are padlocked shut now, but uh, every like maybe once or twice a year, I have to open up one of those drawers to go find some old software or something, maybe old cables, what have you. Open it up and I see literally like a couple of dozen of those zip drives. It was such a great format back in the day. It was like beefier than the three and a half inch floppiers, certainly better than the five flo five inch floppies. Um, yeah, but by today's standard, check out and see what's on there. You may have some gold sitting there and you're just not even looking at it. Electromagnetic drives are probably safer than burned CDs that only last seven to eight years. I didn't know that CDs only last seven to eight years. I've still got stuff from like the mid 80s that still sounds fine, but then again, my hearing ain't what it used to be. Maybe it doesn't sound as fine as I think it does. Um, updating, updating your mix for throwaway tracks might increase the size of your catalog. Great advice. There you go. I like that one. Uh, let's see. Anything else on there? Zip drives. Blast from the past. Yes, they were. Um, okay. Here's a great one. <clears throat> Collaborators. It is a proven fact that Taxi has many, many, many members that collaborate with each other. And it's a proven fact that much of their success is due to their collaborations. Now, some people collaborate just to ride the coattails of other people that are already in a particular music library into that library. Um, to me, that's a little unsavory. You've got to be able to contribute something on your end and not just ride their coattails in. But let's say I run into members all the time at the Road Rally that say, you know, everything I'm learning this weekend is so awesome, but 
I just don't know, you know, it's like, I'm a pretty good engineer, I'm a pretty good producer, I'm a pretty good musician, I can play like five different instruments, I can build great tracks, I can't write a lyric to save my life. Well, go on the collaboration corner part of the Taxi Forum and say, hey, I build great tracks, but I'm looking for a lyricist. Or go on there and say, genres, I'm a great guitar player, anybody need one? I'm a great keyboard player, anybody need one? I'm a great drum programmer, anybody need one? You will find people in that forum that need what you're doing and then, you know, you're stronger together. Then maybe you will ride on their coattails into a library or a publishing company that they've already got a relationship with. But, sorry, a little piece of chocolate left in my mouth. Um, they will, you're, you're better off waiting for them to ask you if you'd like to collaborate on something for a particular pitch to a library rather than reaching out saying, hey man, I see that you're affiliated. You've got stuff in this catalog. Can we do something together? Because first of all, it's pretty obvious. They'll see right through it. Second of all, it just feels not kosher, you know? So contribute something to the relationship. Collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Speaking of collaboration, I don't believe there has ever been a better time than right now while you are cooped up in your house to try online collaborations. Um, typically, I believe that what our members do uh, in great numbers, by the way, thousands of our members do this every day all over the globe, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, they, um, they'll work on a track um, and probably send a, a mix uh, to whoever they're, of whatever they're gonna do, and then they send that back, just the overdub back to the person who originated the track, and they bounce it into um, their multi-track and boom. Do people still call it a multi-track or am I showing my age there? Don't know. Mojo Bone says, write with people who are ahead of you in the game. Obviously, everybody's ahead of him on spelling, though, because he said R-I-T-E. I'm sure he did that just for effect. Um, Funky Freddy says he's available for serious collaborations. Um, one thing that our best, most successful members, especially the ones that are really successful doing collaborations, tell me is that it's a game of trust. Not only do you have to have the chops to be a good collaborator, but you have to trust that the person on the other end is going to deliver what they promise in a timely fashion. Very often, uh, the person who originates the track is trying to make a deadline on a taxi submission. Um, maybe they're trying to make a deadline uh, for something. They've got a relationship, an existing relationship with a production music library, and the library needs stuff in their hands by maybe this upcoming Friday. So if a collaborator says, yeah, no problem, I could do the vocal on that for you, and then they don't deliver by Thursday so that the track can be mixed and sent off on Friday, you've just blown a relationship. So it's not just about being good with your instruments or being good with your work. Okay. Um, here's one for those of you who are performing artists. Um, I think I might have seen him mention this. So uh, Robbie Hancock, get ready to chime in on this if I think that you were talking about it earlier. Doing the equivalent of house concerts online right now, doing live stream concerts. 
Um, you know what? You may only get a handful of family and friends that show up for the first one, but ask them to hit their social media and tell people about the next one. Get your chops together. Just like I'm learning by doing this episode that my, um, you know, my Wi-Fi might not be as strong as it looks on my little meter right now. Um, you'll find bugs. You'll have hiccups. You'll have things that'll go wrong in your first one. So maybe just do your first live stream for family and friends. But then once you've got it down, once you've got the lighting down, by the way, how does my lighting look today? I'm pretty happy with it. Um, once you've got it down, you've got your camera, your, you know, your, your, your shot lined up, you've got your audio set, everything is good to go and you've done a test drive, then start rolling it out and asking your family and friends to social their family and friends to let them know um, you could charge for the concerts. You could actually, how do people get paid online? Venmo, whatever else. Um, let's see, did Robbie chime in yet? Uh, I'm looking, Robbie, got any suggestions for this? I'm pretty sure you're doing it. I could be, uh, could be wrong about that. I think Robbie went to the men's room. Yes, Cass, I do have a halo today. Isn't it cute? <laughs> PayPal is a virtual tip jar. There you go. There's so many ways I'm sure that you'd get paid online. Jan Willage uh, says in the chat room right now, she's working. Uh, and honestly, Jan, I don't know if you're a, a man or a woman. I'm going with lady just because Jan is more commonly a lady's name. Working on doing a virtual jam session with my group since we can't get together in person. That's a great idea. Um, Gloria says, yes, Robbie did it. Rob, Robbie is definitely, uh, I don't know where the hell Robbie is. Oh, well, maybe Robbie dropped out because of the buffering. I hope not. Jan's a, uh, Jan Willage is a lady. Hello, Jan. Nice to meet you. Um, I think we've met before. Anyway, um, yeah, live stream it. You've never had a better time. Look, the time you're going to spend setting it up and getting ready to do it um, is time well spent because this way... You know, you're not just sitting at home watching Netflix all day. By the way, I think I might be getting close to the end of everything that Netflix has. Between the stuff that I've seen before in my lifetime and the stuff I've been watching over this past weekend, pretty sure I'm at the end of Netflix. Okay, Robbie's back. Robbie says, uh, the tech side is a bit of a challenge to stream, but you can do it. I'm around to help you if you need it, folks. That's great. Thank you, Robbie. They can find you in the forum, right? At forums.taxi.com. Maybe that's a, a good thread to start in the forums would be um, tips for streaming live uh, during the coronavirus. There you go. Um, oh, Robbie says he added a few posts if you scroll up. So there you go. For people who are watching, uh, you know, the archive version of this later, scroll up. Um, and that's where you'll find it. Wow, Funky Freddy for about six months. Wow, Freddy's been there for 10 years. Um, going live on Facebook is trending now. That's a great idea. Um, Darren Fletcher says that he just adjusted his, his uh, viewing um, from 1080p down to 360p and the dropouts decreased a bit. All right, I promise you guys next week I will um, find a way to use my Ethernet versus my uh, Wi-Fi. Damn, so bummed out that that's not working. I even checked the signal um, before the show. Okay, uh, next one on my list is 
Organize and plan your upcoming album release, including a marketing budget. If there was something that I could smack all musicians upside the head for, uh, it, it would be not planning their albums. Um, people get enthused about their music. They write a bunch of songs. They spend all this time uh, writing, then recording, um, overdubbing, producing, mixing, doing all this stuff, and they end up with a finished product. And then they probably even go, for those of you who sell, you know, still sell CDs at live shows or family and friends, what have you, and, and they press up 500 CDs and then they sit there in a box in their garage for eternity. Why is that? Because they didn't plan their marketing in advance. Well, you've got tons of time now to figure out what you're going to do marketing. You won't have a social media plan of attack. It's more than just putting some stuff. Hey, everybody, check out my song, blah, blah, blah. Um, why not start your social media while you're actually recording and producing the CD? Why not uh, do acoustic guitar vocal versions of your music and put them up on social and let your fans and friends on social um, tell you which songs are the ones that you should actually move forward with. Why not do an online focus group, right? Good idea, huh? And then involve them while you're recording the stuff. Shoot some videos, maybe even do some, some live streaming while you're in the studio and have people be in the studio with you while you're doing it, giving you opinions while you're doing it. Why not crowdsource what you're doing? See if it works. It may, it may not. Sometimes, you know, making decisions by committee doesn't work out that well, but it might. You don't know if you don't try, and there's never been a better time than while you're cooped up in your house because of the coronavirus with nothing to do but twiddle your thumbs and watch Netflix. By the way, I want to say congratulations to our members speaking in Netflix. I have seen such an influx of members reporting placements that they've got on Netflix shows that uh, I'm really proud of you guys. It's, uh, I guess maybe it's the culmination of several years and many years, but in particular, the last three, four, five years, feels like more and more of our members have gotten publishing deals, which has resulted in more and more of our members getting placements. And as more and more of the publishers that they've met through Taxi and signed deals with, um, are waking up to the fact that so many people are watching Netflix and that the shows that Netflix is actually making on their own, um, as well as um, Amazon Prime and, and some others, that we're seeing more and more reports of stuff, um, of our members getting stuff placed in streaming shows. So yay. Um, honestly, I don't know how the back end, end is compared to... Um, what you might get from performance royalties on cable or broadcast uh, television. But um, here's a biggie. So many of our members, not so many, I'm going to say 10 or 15% of our members, especially the people I meet at the road rally, they're roughly my age, they're baby boomers, they grew up with a TAC 4 track and they haven't really transitioned comfortably into using digital audio workstations. They're intimid by, intimidated by technology. Um, I, I get it. I get it. You know, I, I'm, I'm certainly not a technophobe. I'm moderately well-equipped to handle technological stuff. 
Um, do I like having uh, Ariana or Bria in the studio with me when I do a taxi TV in case something craps out because they seem to be able to solve the problem faster than I do? Yeah, but you know what? If the thing standing between you and moving forward with your music is the fact that you've got to rely on an outside studio or a friend with a studio or a spouse that can run your stuff, this is the time to get over it. Again, you've got nothing but time on your hands. We've all got a lot of time on our hands. What better could you do with that time than learn how to use a workstation so that you can start recording your own music? Again, you're gonna make a lot of mistakes. You're gonna have a lot of frustration, but you're not up against the time limit now. You've got nothing but time on your hands. I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but trust me, two or three weeks from now, you are going to be going stir crazy. I'm, what are we, like three, four, five days into this thing? I'm already going stir crazy. So I predict others will be just like me. I am the barometer for all of humankind. Wherever I go, you go. <laughs> now, we're all going to be stir crazy, let's face it. So give yourself something to do. Um, by the way, can we get a little shout out from the people in the chat room while we're talking about Dawes? Um, what can all you guys kind of raise your hand and say um, what it is that you use? You know, if you use Pro Tools, um, if you use oh God, Studio One, I mean, there are probably what, like five of them out there now that really count um, that people like. Uh, I want to see a little hand raising from you guys. Uh, Christopher Jones uses Logic. Um, <laughs> Robbie Hancock says he hasn't shaved alias. Um, FL Studio 20.6. Uh, Acid 5 and 10. Uh, I've used Acid. Uh, Traction Waveform, Antelope IF, Digital Performer, Reason 10 and 11. Cakewalk by Brand Lab, um, paid for by Reaper. Never heard of that one. Uh, FL Studio. Dan Metzer says I'm a lyricist. I use pen and paper. Uh, Logic Garage Band. You know what? People used to make fun of Garage Band. There are some things you could absolutely do fully on Garage Band. I'm absolutely certain of it. Um, Plus, it's a great introduction to Logic, which is obviously like the, the, the so-called grown-up version. But you know what? If you just want to learn the basics and you've got a Mac computer, excuse me, and it came with GarageBand, it will teach you the basics. Are there great videos all over YouTube? Absolutely. Um, Cakewalk, Reason, Pen and Paper. Uh, there are so many tutorials about mixing. Um, can you guys suggest some great mixing tutorials? Uh, and actually, after the show ends, if you guys, this is something a lot of people ask, if you guys would be kind enough to go into the comments about five minutes after this show ends and it's had a chance to render and you see it uh, on our YouTube page in the archives, would you please go in the comment section and mention any books, um, Fett's book, I can't remember the name of it, um, uh, I just can't remember the name. It's a great, maybe the best book on mixing. Um, there are several of them out there that are really good. YouTube videos, just 
so many amazing resources. There's no excuse not to get better at something in this day and age, because every problem you might ever have in your life is absolutely solvable with YouTube. Um, Casacanti says he uses papyrus and a feather from a pterodactyl. <laughs> By the way, Cass, you know what I was doing last night at midnight? Sitting right here editing part two of your great interview for the Passenger Profile, which should be coming out in a few more days. We're a little bit behind getting this month's uh, taxi transmitter out, but it's coming. Uh, mixing secrets for the small studio. YouTube University, yes. Uh, Recording Revolution has loads of great video. I've actually featured some of Recording Revolution's videos in the taxi newsletter because I think they're so great. Um, Justine Jones says, Mojo made a whole album with the loops from Garage Band. Uh, Mojo says, Matt Hurt, who might be a, certainly our first six-figure member and one, certainly one of our most successful. Um, he uses Cubase on a PC. He's been doing it forever, and he does very, very well for himself. Um, Paul says he just finished reading Mixing Secrets for the Small Studio by Mike Senior. Great book. Um, Jan Wellage. Is it Wylage? Wylage. Oh, I remember. Jan. A Step-by-Step -step Guide to Mixing by Fett. Um, Okay, anyway, speaking of books, one of the things that I feel like humans, um, certainly Americans, certainly the people I know in my immediate circle of friends, many of my contemporaries, we don't spend enough time reading books because we've got the internet everywhere we go. We spend a lot of time watching, you know, like kitten videos on our phones, but we don't spend time reading. And there's something about reading, not, not to brag, <laughs> It's going to sound like bragging. I don't mean it to be. When I started Taxi 28 years ago, I quickly realized I may have had the greatest idea in the world, but nobody was going to buy what I was selling unless I understood marketing. So I went out and started buying marketing books. And for probably the first 23, 24 years of this company, I tried to read a marketing book practically every week, um, sitting kind of right above me in the loft in our house. Uh, we've got bookshelves just filled with marketing books. Have I read over 800 marketing books in 20 some years? Why, yes, I have. Um, do many of those marketing books repeat stuff that was in earlier marketing books? Why, yes, they do. But you know what? There's something about reading it a second and a third time. First of all, it lends credit to a particular thing but it sticks, it stays in your head. You absorb it and you don't even realize that, you know, kind of by osmosis, that you've absorbed it and it's there for the keeping. I don't even have to think about, hmm, I wonder if Jay Abraham said this about writing headlines in a book I read 20 years ago. It's just up there. So with that in mind, I wanna recommend some great books. Some of these are just great, whoa. There I am, I got a little uh, blurry there. Um, some of these are just great books that you may not learn anything from, but they're just great books. Books that I've read that I recommend. Mikey's Book Club. Come on, who doesn't want to read about George Martin, right? Maximum Volume, The Life of Beatles producer George Martin. Great book.
I honestly read this book twice. I don't even think Steve Jobs' widow read this book twice. Becoming Steve Jobs. I, I love Steve, Steve Jobs' life, his legacy, everything about the guy. I admire him. I'm sad that he's dead. Read this book. You will love it. You won't be able to put it down. Speaking of the Beatles, Jeff Emmerich, the late, great Jeff Emmerich, who was kind enough to join us at the road rally about four or five years ago now. He was our um, uh, Lifetime Achievement Award winner. Um, I did an onstage interview with him. He was a gentleman, had a very kind heart. Um, just, I love the man. I grew up admiring him. He definitely had a huge influence on my life. If you pick up this book is that you're going to hear some stuff that's a little unflattering about George Martin, but you're going to get the real scoop on what actually happened in the control room. Out of all the books, and I think I've read pretty much every book written about the Beatles in the studio, I would say this one seems to resonate as having the most real stuff in it. Trust me, buy this book. Okay, you're going to laugh. Shortcuts to hit songwriting, but look at the cover. This is by Robin Frederick. It's become a classic. Many of you who are regular Taxi TV watchers, Taxi members, oh, look at my tan. Um, <laughs> you guys have read this book, but this one is very special because it is signed to Robin from Lamont Dozier, the legend Lamont Dozier, one of the greatest songwriters in human history. The sweetest man, an incredible songwriter. We've also had him at the Taxi Road Rally. If you guys are new to this, um, to Taxi TV, and you've heard about the Taxi Road Rally, but you've never been to one, hopefully this virus thing will be well over by that time. The next Road Rally is coming up, I want to say November 5th through the 8th. I might be wrong. Ariana, correct me in the chat if I am wrong. Um, hopefully everybody will be able to travel. Hotels will be safe to stay safe to stay in by then. Um, man, oh man, when we had um, Jeff Emmerich and Lamont Dozier on stage, it was amazing. This year, I just finished editing uh, part four of the interview I did with Jonathan Kane from Journey um, this past November. These interviews are amazing. They're interviews in the Taxi Transmitter, which you can find at taxi.com under the tab News on the top um, navigation. This book is a must-have. Well, there we go. Writing Production Music for TV by Steve Barden, one of our successful members. Um, Steve has been on Taxi TV many times. There he is. Hi, Steve. He's down there in the corner of the book. He seems frozen. <laughs> Smile, Steve. Anyway, um, speaking, I give Steve grief about this picture. He looks so serious, and he uses that shot all the time. You know you're a badass when you wear sunglasses indoors to get your picture taken. Anyway, got to have this book. If you want to do especially instrumental music for uh, television, um, largely, let's say, reality TV, but this book doesn't only cover that, you got to have this book. Another classic. This one is from our friend. I had a really hard time... <laughs> it's backwards getting it together there we go 
demystifying the cue by none other than Dean Crepane. I would venture to say probably 50 to 80% of the people in the live chat right now have read this book. You really will cut like a couple of years off of your timeline. Um, if you're a taxi member, if you're pitching to film and television stuff, especially if you're doing reality TV instrumental cues, these books are absolute must-haves. They're essential to your success. Get this book. Read it while you've got all this time on your hands. None of this, oh, I'm so busy with my day job. I don't have time to read a book. Mm, hopefully you haven't lost your day job, but you know, maybe you're working from home. Uh, my staff is working from home. Hi, kids. Um, mm, there you go. And this book, which is the companion follow-up piece, Dean Crepane. If you can spell his name correctly on the first try, you're a better person than I. Demystifying the Genre, which has links to the examples that he talks about in the book. Instrumental music for reality shows or TV shows in general is your thing. You've got to have all three of those last three books that I just showed you. Okay, enough with the books already. Moving on. Um... Oh, look at that. I even had a note. Hold up books. Oh, here's one that I don't have at home. It's at the office. Get this book. The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Ariana, if you could find a link for that. Um, the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. He's got another book. I can't think of the title. He's got several of them. His books are amazing. If you want to be inspired to not give up, if you want to understand the difference between being a hopeful amateur and somebody who's becoming a professional, read his books. They are must-reads. Do the work. Darren Fletcher says the book is called Do the Work. Read both of those books by Stephen Pressfield. Um, honestly, I've read um, Do the Work and The War of Art at least two times each, cover to cover. I've made notes, I've put tabs in there, I've uh, used them for taxi TV episodes, I've talked about them at the road rally. I can see a hair dancing on the end of my nose and it's bothering me. I don't know where that came from. Um, yeah, Bright World Music says, yep, the war of art gets you to hold your own feet to the fire creatively. I've been trying. I came this close to getting Mr. Pressfield to join us for the road rally one year. And then like, I don't know, maybe five, six weeks before the rally, he said, eh, I don't like crowds. I don't like doing live stuff. I'm sorry, but I got to bag it. I was brokenhearted, but he was very, very, very nice. His books are amazing. They're really short. I mean, you can read one in about, I don't know, three hours. Uh, there you go. Ariana's got uh, the War of Art link posted right now. Oh, for the audiobook version. Um, there you go. That's on Audible. That's when you know you're lazy. Uh, home, uh, I don't know what you call it, um, you know, trapped in your house. <laughs> and you're listening to stuff on an audiobook. It's not like you're commuting and listening in your car or listening on the train while you're coming in from Long Island in New York City. You've got time to read. I recommend buying the book and here's why okay let me see now oh, you know what none of the books that i've got here actually have any of my notes in them but uh, i've got autographs from the authors 
I am the kind of guy that puts tabs all over books. I write notes on pages. I dog ear pages. And inside the front cover, on any book that's good, I will have like two pages of notes. And about once a year, which I'm going to do while we're stuck at home during the coronavirus, um, I'm going to go through those books and pick out stuff that I wrote down eight years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, six months ago, and find that stuff and then put it on a master list and start taking care of it now. Believe me, there's some lost gold in those pages. Um, Linda Cullum says she actually likes reading. Yay! Mojo says, sounds like Mr. Pressfield has some fears to overcome. Well, I don't want to discuss his personal life, but he didn't want to do it in front of a crowd, that's for sure. Um, yeah, Mojo says, uh, what have I not spoken about so far? Learning how to mix better by doing A, B comparisons. So let's take the uh, the pop genre, <laughs> the one that people seem to find hardest to tackle. And let's say you've just done a pop track and you listen to it and you have the thought that every single one of us has had at many points during our careers, maybe we still have it many times a week, which is my stuff doesn't sound as good as the records that are out there by the big artists, right? Well, hey, Rogs, how are you? Good to see you. Um, I just saw a really, really cute picture of you at the road rally not that long ago when I was cleaning off my desktop, Rogs. <laughs> anyway, learning how to mix. You know, um, we all get frustrated when we listen to our stuff. I, I still listen to stuff that I did in the mid-70s. Go, crap, it just doesn't sound as good as other people's stuff. Well, you know what? Maybe they're listening to your stuff and uh, or if they did listen to your stuff, they'd go, wow, that sounds amazing. My stuff doesn't sound that good. Sometimes I think it's a matter of perspective. But if you want to make your stuff sound slick and glossy and like it does on the radio and like it does from major artists, sit down and compare your pop mix. Find somebody that's got a song that's about the same tempo, that's about the same kind of pop, and then sit there and A-B it with something that was a recent hit that does sound slick and glossy. And sit there and really shut your eyes and listen to it going, so where is their bass at? And make sure you listen at the same level, by the way. That's really key. Um, and if you find it hard to not listen at the same level, like part of the time your stuff sounds like it's the same level, other times it doesn't, heck out of it. Just sit there and listen to it and go, okay, where does my bass sit in the mix compared to where their bass sits in the mix? What's the relationship of the bass and the kick drum? What's the relationship of the guitars, if it's a guitar-centric song? Listen to all that stuff and don't do it in five minutes. Obsess about it for three hours and sit there and keep tweaking your mix. And you're going to find out at the end of tweaking your mix that it probably wasn't a waste of your time. It's going to sound better. It's going to sound closer to what the slick, glossy stuff sounds like. And then once you've done that, then sit down and look at a bus compressor, meaning, you know, taking your left and right channels and running them through a stereo compressor and start out gently, you know, start out with something like a, a, a three to one ratio um, and just don't hit the compressor that hard. And then just gradually sit there and turn it, turn it, turn it and go, okay, 
Now let's A, B it. And you go, wow, that sounds even closer to their thing. Because frankly, every, you know, there's like this not myth about mastering, but a lot of people are curious about mastering. Does it throw fairy dust on my tracks? Yeah, you know, sometimes it does. But more often than not, really all mastering is, is just kind of putting the right amount of compression overall on the stereo mix and EQing. It's like, yeah, you know, my record sounds like their thing but theirs has a little more bottom end. It's a little tighter. So I'm going to boost a little bottom end. Overall, I might think that's really all mastering is. But you need to have the ears. You need to have the experience. And experience only comes from doing it and doing to get your mixes sounding glossy in less than 10,000 hours. But it's not going to be in an afternoon. It's not going to be in a week. It's going to take some time. But you just got to stay with it. Keep doing it over and over and over. Next one, not dissimilar. Take a plug-in. Um, uh, oh, uh, well, I was editing Cass's um, interview for the next Taxi Newsletter. I asked him what some of his favorite gear was, and he says uh, he loves Rob Shirelli's Final Mix plugins, especially the compressors. Sorry, need a little sip of that Moroccan mint. Um, listen to, take a single thing. Take what is your most feared instrument, the thing that makes you least happy with the sound. Um, for me, frankly, it was always bass guitar. I don't think I ever got a bass sound where I went, that's the shiz right there, you know? I used to listen to the bass sounds on Stevie Wonder's records and just like be so envious. Listen to the bass sounds on Bee Gees records, I would be so envious. You know, maybe those, no, they're definitely dated um, old school records, but take, you know, take an Ariana Grande record. Great bass sounds in that. Um, uh, J-Lo, um, Shakira. I mean, those are great dancey, poppy records. Great bass sounds. Listen to those and then sit down with nothing more than the bass sounds on your pop track, assuming you've got something that's kind of similar to that overall genre and sit there and spend three hours with the compressor. You know, just literally sit there and play with that compressor, gradually changing where the threshold is, gradually changing the ratio. But start by only changing one variable until you go, okay, I can see what, you know, start at three to one with the compressor. That's kind of a default starting place, I would say, for most people. Um, start with a three to one and then just gradually change um, the threshold until it kicks in more and our track. Maybe now I need to listen to my synth bass track. So do you use the same compressor on that one? Try it. Couldn't hurt. Um, and then do the same thing. Do that whole process and, and listen to those two and then compare that and go, okay, does that sound like the bass on those records? Then add the kick drum to it. Should you throw a little compressor on the kick drum? probably. And if you just do that, take each element and beat it to death without the goal of trying to finish a mix that day, you're just educating yourself. You're learning about a tool. So if you had um, a wood planer and you were learning how to plane wood, you can't just sit down with that thing and start going back and forth on a piece of wood. You're going to take, you know, chips that are too deep, chips that are too shallow. Um, your stroke isn't going to be long enough. You've got to get a feel for the tool. Well, the same thing is true for you know, audio tools. 
you got nothing but time on your hands. Learn your audio tools. Um, same thing for EQ. I've got to say, the first 50 times, maybe the first 100 times, that I actually had the opportunity to sit down behind a console and guinea pig a band in the studio. I feel sorry for them now. I wish I could call each and every one of them up and, and personally apologize because I really didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I thought I was so cool sitting there behind that big old console going, look at me, I'm making a record. No, I was killing their record. Uh, and then the day finally came where it's like, ah, where the pearly gates will take an electric guitar, I think was the first instrument. And electric guitar, um, I think in, in that case, it, it was actually a Gibson Les Paul, I'm trying to remember the kind of amp, might've been a Marshall with a 412 cab, I don't know. But um, anyway, sit down and take an equalizer and sweep it. Do you know what that means? Um, like set, you know, like minus six um, is probably, you know, like roll it off minus six and then sweep it from very low to lower mids to mids to upper mids to high end to extreme high end. And just sit there and slowly sweep the frequency range on that instrument. And then go, wow. I see that, you know, like by boosting, let's say, you know, 2400 hertz, I get a lot of more, a lot more bite out of that guitar. By rolling off 700, 500, 600, 700, somewhere in that range, maybe even 400, 300, somewhere in those lower mids, depending on the octave and the guitar and all that kind of stuff, um, you're going to find that there's a way to make it less wonky you know kind of i can't even make the sound of things up if you roll off too much of that because it'll never sit in the mix right there's some things that are just inherent in the sound of a les paul going through a marshall cabinet um depending again on the octave and the type of song and the part and all that stuff there's so many variables but just sit there and sweep it and understand what sounds good, what sounds bad. And then do that same thing with that same instrument again tomorrow. And then do it again the next day. Spend an hour with just nothing but electric guitars, sweeping EQ. And do that for like three or four days. If you do that with several instruments, the things that you most commonly run into, much EQ because sounds are so good now and they come down a wire, you will find on you know uh, on acoustic piano with microphones, you really need to understand EQ. And it's all subjective, yes, and it's all relative to the octave and the player's touch and which microphones you use and which octaves they're in, all those things. But all that stuff is learnable. And you get to a point, again, you've got nothing but time on your hands right now. You get to a point where one day you just get it. It's like riding a bike. Nobody can ever take that away from you. And when you understand what EQ and compression do, all of a sudden you're going to be a much better engineer, a much better producer. And then the final thing that you need to learn is reverb and delay. You can get all scientific about it. And sure, is it good to understand the physics? Yeah, it is. But you know what? Just like with EQ and compression, the physics of delay and reverb will come to you by practice, by using, by doing it every day. 
again, maybe not 10,000 hours, but maybe, you know, a couple hundred hours, because ultimately you're going to have 10. Man, there are many, many, many great reverb programs out there now, and the presets generally start with the presets. But let's say that you're using um, a live chamber preset that's got like a four second decay, and it's a bit of a boomy sounding room. And it's got a lot of stuff just washing around in there. Well, that's going to affect your mix because there are going to be frequencies in there that are going to be in phase and out of phase and the phase kind of swishing all over the place. You may not actually hear it sweeping, but it will. And depending where your song is at, what parts people are playing, what octaves they're playing and all that stuff, that reverb, that tubby on its own you know if you whack a snare drum it sounds like the reverb uh, on the snare in the eagle song take it to the limit sounds rich beautiful sexy and wonderful you put that same reverb on a chicken picking guitar part and you've got a bunch of chickens running around that room making a mess out of everything else in that mix so then you will learn by doing that if you've got chicken picking, maybe you should use really short delays just to give a sense of a room. Maybe you should use time delays that are actually timed to the tempo of the song. There's so many things you can learn and you've got nothing but time in your hands to learn it now. So there you go. Um, all right. I th um, you guys want to do a little Q&A? Or did I teach you so much you know everything at this point? <laughs> the halo would work better if i had a robe on yeah i'll put a terry cloth bathrobe on <laughs> i think that's funny that the halo is a thing gee now you know it's gonna be tough next week when i have to do uh jack into ethernet and be upstairs in the boring part uh and i don't have this kind of depth of field going on with my halo I'm gonna be bummed out how how is it now or are things better? Is it not so glitchy now that we're near the end of the show? So that all the people that saw the glitchiness tuned out in the first half of the show? Yep, tempo delays. All DWs have them. You know, back in my day, back in the olden days when we used to walk to the studio in three... Actually, we didn't even have calculators. We had to take out an abacus and a piece of paper and a slide rule and calculate those suckers. And now you kids today, it's just like, boom, and it's there. Um, Creating Beauty says it's still glitchy, but appreciate the info. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for hanging in during the glitchiness. Um, yeah, hey, Michael, just make up a 60-foot Ethernet cable. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I've got any that are over like 10 feet. That's the problem. It's been so long since I've had to jack into Ethernet. I'm going to have to go see where that's available in my house. Marion Laird said her dad had up now. Um, buffering Monday. All right, so no questions. <laughs> the Ether Bunny. Now, now, don't make fun of people with speech impediments. That's not nice. All right, so it doesn't seem like you guys have any questions. Watch, as soon as I say that, one will pop up and I'm ready to sign off. Um, oh, Ariana, can you please post the link? Um, 
I want every single one of you. To, it's such an incredible explanation of why it's important to socially distance and uh, you know do your hands and do all this stuff. It's really, really, really important. I don't think there's ever been anything as important probably in our lifetimes. So watch this video. It's really um, easy to understand. I watched it last night, sent it to like everybody I know. It probably scared the, the crap out of my staff by sending it to them. But it, it's short and it's really good. Um, Funky Freddy wants to know, is it okay to call taxi about certain listings? Yeah, but you know what? For the next two or three or four weeks, probably not as okay as would normally be. We could only forward our phone system at work to one phone. And only Liz, who is in charge of member services, has that phone. And frankly, she probably can't answer the questions you would have about the listings. You are best to email member services at taxi.com. Let me repeat that. Member services at taxi.com. And in your subject line, in like all caps, say something like question about a listing. And then Liz will forward it to the taxi staff member who can best answer it for you. How's that, Freddie? Um, Times just not let you know if something was forwarded or not. No, the screeners always let you know. Actually, the screeners just mark it off on a computer page, you know, in a form. And then the staff lets you know. Usually you'll find out in three weeks or less after the deadline. We wait until every single thing has been screened. So let's say something's got a deadline of May 1st, but you submit on April 15th. Um, a lot of people think they submitted on April 15th, therefore on April 16th, we've got people standing by ready to screen. But we don't because the submissions come in helter-skelter and most of them, frankly, come in like the night before or the day of the deadline. Let's say if we run maybe a singer-songwriter listing or a country listing or a percussive instrumental listing, those are things that we know we're going to get, you know, 100 plus submissions, sometimes maybe two, three, four hundred submissions. Um, most of the times, excuse me, most of the time we will get in the neighborhood of, you know, 50 to 100 submissions, let's say. Um, but when we know we're going to get a lot of submissions, we will have two or three screeners that are great at that genre, scheduled in advance. And in some cases, we will start screening the day before or two days before just so we can get through them in a timely fashion. Because remember, it's not just about letting you guys know if you've been forwarded or not. It's about letting the industry people avoid the quarantine. Um, yep, that's true. By the way, I see folks in the chat talking about having their listings go or any emails from taxi go to their spam folder. Admittedly, we have to send out a lot of emails to send out the listings. Believe it or not, a lot of our taxi members are not, you know, we don't have everybody on social media, so we can't just blast them out on social every day. We find the email is the most effective. However, Gmail has definitely ramped up their spam filters on the receiving ISP um, side of things. So if you're on Gmail, definitely check your promotions folder and check your spam folder. And if you find stuff in your spam folder, click not spam and then go up to the little menu thing and say, treat all emails from this sender as not spam. I probably could have been more eloquent about that, but that's the best you're going to get from me today. Um, so there it is. Remember, um, tell you what. 
Why don't you guys go into the comment area under this video? What did I tell you to do? Post your ideas, right? So if you have suggestions on how people can use this time productively while they're in quarantine or staying home, and quarantine makes it sound like you've already got it and you're being forced to stay home. No, you're being asked to stay home so that you don't spread it or don't get it. Um, anyway, go in the comment section and post your suggestions. And unfortunately, the books are at the office and I'm not, none of us are. So we will send, we'll let you know that you're getting the book and we will make a note of it and we will send you that book as soon as we're allowed to go back to the office. And if you've already got this book, Shortcuts to Hit Songwriting by Robin Frederick, um, let us know and we'll send you um, Songwriting for Film and TV, Shortcuts to Songwriting for Film and TV which frankly is an incredibly good book. It's the only book on the subject and I'm shocked that it didn't sell as well. It sold well, but the first book was like a blockbuster. The second book, I, I think people think, well, if I can write regular songs for regular stuff, then I'm writing songs for film and TV, but they're a whole different set of rules. As a matter of fact, Ariana, if you would be so kind as to post a link in the chat, um, for Robin Frederick's book on Amazon um, and not the audio version, uh, post the print version um, for Shortcuts of Songwriting for Film and Television. Um, hey, Don, I see that you've got both of Robin's books. Uh, did you like them both? Um, Robin's new, Robin took everything but the film and TV book, expanded tremendously in three ebooks, kind of like level one, level two, level three. You can get them on Amazon for 10 bucks a piece. If you buy all three of them for 10 bucks a piece, you've got 900 pages of Robin Frederick's incredible wisdom for 30 bucks. It's such a bargain. Um, so yeah, if uh, we've got one minute left. Uh, you know what? Don't worry about getting ship shippable products right now. I actually saw one of the genius doctors on TV the other night saying that if you're worried, like getting something, God forbid, you know, shipped to you, handing it to you, then the person who laid hands on the stuff that's inside the box. So what I've been doing is I get my mail every day and lay it on the garage floor, spray it with mist of Lysol, leave it there for a day then flip it over and spray it with another mist of Lysol. And after it's been there for like 48 hours, then I'll bring it in the house. So you could do the same with the book. Um, Ariana's posting level one of Robin's book. I'm sure she'll post the uh, level two and level three. Um, <laughs> Paul's got to go. Says the, the buffering is killing his OCD. Really? You've got OCD? Never noticed. Kidding, Polly. Um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed my suggestions for ways to stay busy during this very trying time when we are all sequestered to our lovely homes. Um, thank you for showing up and thank you so much, you guys. I'm sorry about the buffering. Um, we will have that problem solved next week. In the meanwhile, stay safe, stay healthy, stay indoors. If you would, please click the thumbs up like button and give us a like. Um, we really need those. Oh, also don't forget to click the alert project and it should be coming up hopefully this week. And when it does, you are going to want to be alerted.
to when that happens. Thank you all for watching the show. We will see you. Now that audience just loves me. They love me so much, they're clapping.